Hello and welcome to another Invent Right TV show. My name is Andrew Krause. I'm one of the co-founders. And we, this is a series that we're doing between coaches and students to give you an idea of what it's like to go through the process. You're going to be, hear about their ups and their downs, trials and tribulations. And so today we have a kind of a very unique scenario. Tim Brennan is here. Welcome, Tim. How you doing? He's Hi, an InventRight student. And uh, he had a coach, but Stephen had jumped in quite a few times over the years to help Tim. So they're going to talk about some of their interactions and some of the situations that was Tim, Tim has been in and mindset stuff. So, Stephen, um, what was it like working with Tim? What were some of the I mean, I know that initially when we got started with Tim, it was kind of a different situation because he had already licensed a product. He's a professional industrial designer and he came to us. So it's like. Why did he come to us? And we should probably ask him that. Well, Andrew, but yeah, we're going to ask Tim that for a minute. But I was a little surprised. You know, Tim is a, a professional designer, you know, product designer. And he had already had a big hit on his hands, which still sells today after how many years. So when Tim reached out to us, I was a little surprised. I probably even asked you, Tim, why, why us? And you know how to do this. Yeah, well, I think even though I had some success, um, I felt like what was missing was uh, an aspect of elegance. I was doing a lot of work and becoming quite stressed. I didn't feel like it was a game that I was, I was winning in terms of I was really working much too hard um, getting quite, you know, frustrated. Um, and I felt like when I read One Simple Idea, it was obvious that it was possible to have a completely different experience. And um, especially when it came to negotiating, I didn't feel like I really had, you know, any clue as to the way that was done. It felt like it was... Uh, just a bit of a lottery, and I didn't, I, I didn't feel confident at all. Was there, so, was, Tim? Was there a lag too? Because I remember you licensed a product, and then two years, I believe you had told me. I remember for some reason it was a long time ago, but two years had passed, and you hadn't licensed anything. And you're like, mm, I think, I think something's wrong here. Yeah. So I, my first licensing deal was uh, sort of 2003, and it was probably around 2013, but so almost like well, 10 years, pretty much. Oh. Um, and I hadn't, I was still, still getting income, but I hadn't licensed anything new, and that was a concern for me. So I think that's, you know, the thing that started my interest. I, was, I started searching on Google for licensing, um, tutoring, and, and a course. Now, now, the idea that you licensed early it still sells today. It's a big deal. James is going to put it up on the, the screen for everybody to see. I mean, that was a big win. It still is a big win, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a shoe called uh, Vivo Barefoot. The human foot is a biomechanical masterpiece, perfected by the most sophisticated R&D process known to man, evolution. 26 bones for natural stability, over 100 muscles, tendons, and ligaments for natural strength and spring in every step. Vivo Barefoot enable our feet to feel, feel closer to nature, feel closer to our human potential, and reconnect us into the natural world. When you can't be barefoot, be Vivo Barefoot. And it, it can be bought anywhere in the world. 
Um, it's, it's a concept that I designed because I was getting injured playing tennis. I kept twisting my ankles. Okay. I developed it for myself. I ended up researching the area and realized that this could be a product for any occasion, not just sports, but it could be for the office. And it had lots of impacts on people's posture, their, their foot health, but the, the health of their whole body. So over the years, it's, it's grown and grown. And now it's probably doing close to a million uh, pairs Per year, per year, so it's it's a big deal that one, yeah. You know, Andrew. You know what's interesting? When I started um, working with Tim, I really appreciated his skill level, right? I mean, he he really knew how to build prototypes, do the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, a a good sense of design. I mean, he was trained. He's trained. He went to school yeah. for that, right? And and having those type of skills you know, we're just fantastic, but the licensing part, right? How do you, you know, those skills are great to have, but how do you do licensing? Because license is a little bit different, right? And Tim, explain the difference because some people don't understand that licensing is kind of testing a little bit, not spending too much time on one particular idea. How did that change your mindset? Yeah, so I guess anyone who's been through a design degree or an engineering degree, and I did both, um, you get to do the detailed design. Um, you spend months working on the details because when you um, end up in a job doing that, then you need to get something into production and it becomes really important. However, when you license, that's not really the way you play the game because it's just too much risk. If you're developing something to that level before you pitch it, you can't show so many ideas and it's a numbers game. So you have to kind of be willing to let go of some of those skills that you've crafted for such a long time and with so much effort. You've got to be willing to let that go and, and try a different sort of strategy. Stephen, have you, have you seen that with other professional engineers and designers that they, they spend too much time on the design and engineering, not enough time on the outreach? And how, how did that go with yeah. Tim? And how did, how did you help him get over that? And did he help you get over that, Tim? So I'll let Steve answer first. Well, I, yeah, Andrew, I think it's very typical, and, and Tim is right. Um, when you're trained that way, it's the details, but that doesn't really work with licensing very much. You have to be able to test quickly. And, and Tim was able to make that change. I, I think once he realized he had to think differently, he was willing um, to, to make that change and embrace that change. He, it, it, he didn't fight it. I think a lot of people fight it, but Tim didn't. Mm-hmm. Tim, uh, can you talk about your, your transition there from being a, a very detailed-oriented designer and wanting to focus on that to just reaching out? I know Stephen has some stories, and you do too, about going to trade shows, different things, kind of getting out of your shell a little bit, if, if you feel like you're in a shell at some point. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you see an inventor that hasn't been through design school, they've got um, an advantage in some ways because for, for, for an engineer or designer, it's kind of part of our identity that we can, we're really proud of the, the amazing things that we can create, whether it's like a mechanical thing that, you know, is just working perfectly or something that looks great, um, like an amazing rendering. Like it's something that we, we kind of feel like that's part of our personality. So the process that I went through, it almost felt like, um, I, I had to kind of redefine my identity to a certain degree, 
um, professionally. Like this is some something that I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch, and it's not gonna be quite at the same standard. And I have to be okay with that. And maybe there's some opportunity later if there's interest. But for now, I just need to get a quick read and and develop those relationships. Well, and what what were those things that you had to do? You had to get used to that you weren't doing before when you're just focusing on the design. Stephen, what were some of the things he 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 did? I know I know you mentioned trade shows, also outreach of other Look, kinds. Tim would call me um, quite regularly, and we had we'd have these different type of conversations about different mindset. You know, it, it was it was more of how do you think a little differently, and and even sometimes it was motivational, wasn't it, Tim, for you? Yeah, I think. Um, with a with a degree, the thing that they don't really talk about is your attitude, and I think attitude has so much to do with you know good negotiations. So if you come in with a great attitude, um, it just puts everyone at ease, and you get different results. And as as a sort of you know engineer or designer, you're, you're you want to get everything right, and maybe sometimes the attitude. Isn't, isn't quite right for a negotiation because you're going into too much detail too quickly mm. and you're maybe too serious and it's, it may be some raises some flags as to what kind of um, you know, person are you dealing with. You want to deal with someone who's professional, easy to work with and reasonable and sometimes you know, the training doesn't help. Well, let, that's that's a that's a perfect segue into this part. So you license this mandolin right here. Um, James will put it up on the screen too. Stephen, can you talk a little bit about how that went down and, and the interesting lesson that everybody's going to learn from that? You know, because I thought it was fascinating. Well, I, I remember um, having a conversation with Tim and how to hit the target, how to make a build a relationship with the company, going to a trade show, um, how important that was to get their wish list. And I remember Tim called me and said, um, I submitted an idea to this kitchen company and and uh, they wanted me, they liked the idea, but they wanted me to work on something else. And you were like, wait a minute, I don't want to do that. And I said, Tim, they're giving you a target to hit. What do you mean you don't want to do that? Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I do. I think that, that ties in back to what we were talking about earlier, because I think when you, for a lot of inventors, when you create something and you think you've done a great job, when you get some feedback that it's not quite right, it, it, there's, there's an aspect of resistance and this kind of cloud comes over you and you want to you want to stand up and say you're wrong this is a great product but <laughs> i knew that the training was not was saying something else that sometimes um where you get to uh, by pitching is you get to find out what they're really looking for and so 
after maybe a day or two, I, you know, I shook that off and went to work on creating a completely different product. It wasn't what I wanted them to, to license from me, but it was what they were asking for. But did, did you have a call with Steven talking about how upset you were about it? Did that happen? That go well, down? He, was like he wasn't upset. He just said, I, I don't want to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember you told me that. I was like, no, Tim, this is what you need to do. This is what they're asking for. And you were like, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to work on mine. And I was like, no, 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 no. And you this don't was, understand. this was the result of that. This, the mandolin right here, mm -hmm. Joseph. Okay, yeah. got it. Mm -hmm. So that's an important lesson. Be flexible. You're going to have to change. Maybe the product completely. Maybe a different product. Maybe the same product, well, but make changes. I guess. Andrew, I think some of the conversations we had had to do with the mindset of how to stay in the game longer, how to test ideas. But Tim, we had a lot of conversations with, with one of your old licensees too. Yeah. How to, um, Tim would bounce different strategies to me. And you had a lot of different strategies. You were bouncing off to me weekly. You know, I mean, right. it seemed like every week you, you said, well, what about this? And what about yeah. this? Do you remember that going back and yeah. forth? Yeah. Yeah. There's some, I mean, sometimes, you know, your emotions get involved. Um, and it was really, really helpful to have a coach who has seen this play out a number of times and can say, you know, this, this is just part of the bigger picture and you need to stop looking in the rearview mirror and look forward, and which is exactly what I needed to, to do. Um, but it was, it was really challenging to be able to do that because um, I just, yeah, I, I was in a very, very sort of strong habit of looking backwards at a product uh, and instead of thinking what's what's in the pipeline, what am I going to do next? So it took a number of probably years of, of having conversations like that, Stephen, with you. Um, but I think, you know, gradually I'm, I'm slowly getting there. He sounds like he was a little stubborn, Stephen. Was he a little stubborn? Well, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't stub <laughs> stubborn. He was thoughtful. Oh, Oh, and he was, too thoughtful he really or, or to, thoughtful in a good way? Well, it, it, when you get so close <laughs> to your own product, you get very emotional. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's hard to see the big picture. And I remember Tim struggling with that a little bit. Right. And he had had a relationship that maybe wasn't, maybe could have been, I don't know if it was good or bad, but it, it needed to change a little bit. And Tim, you did change. And yeah. you, you had a great outcome from that. I remember that. It took a long time, but mm -hmm. you were patient enough. And, you know, and what I really liked, too, he, he challenged me a little bit, too, you know. And mm -hmm. he, he really thought very thoroughly about everything he said. And we had all those conversations to, to, to the right tone to the company, mm -hmm. the right questions. They were asking how to come back, back and forth, back and forth. Because it wasn't just the coaching isn't just like, here, do this, do this. It's, it's right. really going back and forth and back. And what about this? And what about that? That went on for quite a while. It, it sounds to me like it's, it's, it, the coaching is very customized to the individual. The individual is in a certain mindset, and the coach needs to mold that mindset to what's going to be most beneficial to them. And then it's different for every student. The student's in a different mindset, but the coach is always, the goal is always to get them in the, 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 the licensing well, mindset and the best mindset. Well, I think everything is different and every situation is different. And I think that bounce something off someone, um, 
that has a different perspective on it that can kind of kind of guide along the way. Um, it's helpful. I just don't think I just don't think things happen overnight either. You know, Tim, that process that we were talking about that went on for quite a while, didn't it? It did, yeah. And I mean, I liken it. I had um, a very similar experience when I was younger playing tennis, and I I tried to what, um, teach myself tennis watching the TV, and it was such a big thing when I actually found a coach that was the right coach for me. And I think the same thing happened. I mean, I used that experience when I came to Inventra. I knew that I could, I could learn a certain amount by reading. I think the One Simple Idea book is a fantastic book. Um, and, and it's a book that I recommend to everyone, but it's no substitution for, for coaching um, because what a coach does is they're like a mirror and, and they can see very quickly um, something that's missing that would really elevate your performance. And you, you can't get that from a book or watching YouTube is something which uh, is pretty unique to coaching. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, would you say it's accurate that every new InventRight student is strong in some places and weak in others, and you just kind of tend to go to where they're weak and help them patch that up and, and, and train them in those areas? And, and Tim obviously has serious strengths. I mean, he was trained as a professional product designer and engineer, and he got serious strengths, but he also had weaknesses. Even after he licensed his first product, because it went, uh, sorry, Tim, I thought it was two years. It was 10 years that, that <laughs> you licensed in the nothing for 10 years, that, and you were pretty troubled by that. I, I don't think it's a, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a weakness. It's just not a skill that's been developed, right? Or it's not an area of uh, education, Right. So experience too. Yeah, we see that all the time. Um, product licensing is really kind of, although the concept is simple, company needs ideas, we give them ideas. I mean, in theory, it's very simple, but but it, it's really kind of complex because you have to have the right product. It's got to be pitched correctly. You have to reach out correctly, find the right company. There's all these little things that have to work perfectly for it to happen. Mm -hmm. So. I just think that it's not being taught, you know, product licensing. You know, they're not teaching that anywhere. And I don't know why, Tim. Why isn't that? You, you didn't learn that at school, did you? Or did they even touch upon it? Maybe a little bit? There was, I remember uh, after six years of uh, higher education, there was one uh, lecture that touched on it, but didn't really answer many of my questions. And it was from an attorney and he'd helped some students get a licensing deal. And I think everything that he's, it was part of a um, you know, wider um, subject talk, but I think the actual licensing bit was literally five minutes. And I, I really wanted to know more. And uh, you know, I, I thought this is something that people are doing. I don't think many people are doing it, especially people who have um, you know, been on a, a degree course uh, every once in a while, you'd get a, a glimpse of some someone, someone had done somewhere, someone had done this, um, and I wanted to know more. Hmm. Stephen, I got so, a question for you. Um, do you do you feel like uh, Tim is now? Um, I mean, I'm not saying Tim's really emotional, but most inventors are emotional about their ideas. Less emotional and more just business-like. I've I've noticed that when people work on their second, third yeah, project. I you know, fourth, they get very business-like about it and they get more picky about the projects they work on and just more analytical. I think Tim is already, because of his training, very analytical person. But 
analytical on the business side of licensing, you know, maybe, you know, and that's, I think that, I think the difference is that now that he knows the part of the product licensing and he adds that skill of product design, when you put them both together, it's pretty powerful. Killer combo. Yeah. Because those, those videos you produce, you know, your, your one minute video pitches are spot on. You show the benefit, the problem, the benefit. I mean, they're, they're great tools. I mean, once you put it together, um, it's magic. And, and he knows how to do that. And I've always loved uh, your videos. I mean, of all the products I've seen, you, you, you understand how to sell a benefit, right? And you can do that within a minute, which is, which is really a, a, a skill. It takes some time to do that. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's really, it, it's, it's kind of amazing to see, um, but Tim, I got a question for you. Um, you see this now everywhere. You see it, it's in the United States. Um, we see it at the local stores. You're in, you're over in, in London, the UK, and I'm over here in the West Coast, and I go down to my local Safeway, and we'll show a picture of that, and I see it there. Um, how does that make you feel? Um, well, I feel grateful to invent right because it's it's like a it's a sign that I, I got somewhere that I wanted to get to for such a long time, and um, I felt like with the marketing, I mean, touching on what you said, I mean, that wasn't a skill, the, the making the videos, the one-minute videos, that that wasn't a skill that I had, and I wanted to have that. I knew that marketing um, was was not one of my strengths, and I think. It, um, I was. I think it was you, Stephen, that said if you if you copy the format of the as seen on TV commercials because they have to communicate a product in like 10 seconds or 15 seconds, and so I I I just watch the timing of like showing problem, solution, 15 seconds. You you can get the idea, and I mean that that was a skill that that I learned through the coaching. Um, I also feel like. Um, not being emotional is is also a product of some of the coaching because I I think before I would spend so long on a product yeah. that it, it was there was a lot riding on it and mm. I think if you you know you said uh, you love you know all of your inventions but you don't fall in love with fall in love with one invention it's kind of you know you you, you like all the inventions but there's not one that you completely you know is everything to you and I think. That's where I was. That's, I think, where most inventors are. And so I just really, you know, took on board the coaching in a big way, I think. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a skill that I had coming into it. it it's a business, right? He, he, he removed the emotion part of that. I love this idea that this is a business to be in. And I've got to be efficient with my time, do the right things to get the deals, work with these companies. And I think a lot of people, when they come to that conclusion, they still love their ideas. But at the end of the day, you got to be careful with your time. Right? Yeah, Stephen, the, when you were, weren't you traveling in Europe and didn't you drop by and visit um, Tim well, in London, I think? Him and yeah, his I want to put a couple pictures of that up too because um, I've known Tim now for a long time. And I even know your wife and I've seen your kids many, many times. And and I was over in Ireland, um, Northern Ireland, um, at a speaking event. Um, 
And Tim dropped by. We had fish and chips, I think, and they weren't that good either. Uh, it was a restaurant. Oh, what? What? It wasn't good. Um, oh my god. And and then we met again. I think the following year, um, uh, another speaking event, or maybe a couple years later, um, Northern Ireland. Tim came on over. Um, so we've seen each other a few times. And thank you for making that trip over. Tim, Tim, what's your commentary on him insulting a national dish of fish and chips? Saying it wasn't that good. Was it just the place, or what was the issue there, man? What's going on? Yeah, I'm. I think um, you know we just went to the most convenient place. Okay. And, all right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, you got to watch I, yourself. It was across the street from the hotel, and it, it, it was not a. Hey, trust me, I, I love the food over there, but that was not great. But Tim didn't say anything. He was so nice; he didn't say anything about it. But I don't think it was very good. <laughs> all right. I want to thank you guys both for coming on. I, I think when people watch, you know, the the ups and the downs and the, the path that Inventor needs to walk in order to become successful. Um, and just I, I like that we with these shows, we keep it real, Stephen. You know, I like that we're, you know, Tim had a success. Ten years went by. Holy crap. I got to fix something here if I'm going to license another product. Um, so I just like the transparency and I really appreciate you coming on, Tim. Um, and you know, Tim, normally he works in a, he's got a shed out back that he made just like an office. And now he's in a shared workspace with, that has, was a recording studio, I think a famous recording well, studio. This is, yeah, this is the old EMI, um, factory that doesn't make any records anymore, but they have all the artwork of all the, uh, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all of that. Cool. And they have all the art on the, in the boardroom, uh, on the boardroom wall. Well, to remember. let's ask you, what's what's next for you, Tim? What's your plans? So I'm, I'm developing uh, furniture at the moment. I'm developing a task chair for computer work with the aim of helping people with back problems. I think uh, back problems have been with us for so long, and it's about time that uh, something was done about that and to try some, some new approaches to help those people. Cool, cool. Always great to do products, Stephen, that help help people well, sometimes just brings a smile to their face or helps a little bit, but that's pretty serious. Uh, no, I think Tim has a bigger mission now is to help kids and schools. And I really like that, that approach. He's taking all those skills and, and trying to make a big impact for another generation. That's going to have some issues with, with the computers. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you. Tim Brennan, InventRight student, Stephen Key, InventRight co-founder. Uh, my name is Andrew Krause. I'm one of the other co-founders. I want to remind you guys to take care, keep inventing, keep the faith, and keep moving forward. See you guys.